Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right. All right, all right. It's time to start the Dead Man Horror Show. Normally we start around 9.15, 9.30, start early. Those listen to it on the podcast, it don't matter. Those catch it afterwards, it doesn't matter. This episode is going to be a little strange. We're talking about a real situation. There's real notes regarding this. I'm not making any of this up. I, I, have, I'm, I'll, I will show you. I will show you. We're talking about two girls raised by wolves, okay? They were raised by wolves. Now, we've talked, I think, in the previous season, um, last year, sometime, one of those episodes, we talked about an actual real-life lichen, a real-life wolf man, or werewolf, I should say. A wolf man and werewolf, they're two different things, I should say, to point out. That's ignorant on my part. But here we're going to talk about when human beings are raised by wolves to the point to where they themselves become a wolf. They still have their humanity a bit, in a way, but... Because they were raised by those savage beasts that are brutal, ruthless, yet also very, I um, mean, noble. It's it's strange. It's a very bizarre thing. But it's real. This is very real. Or is it? There is some speculation, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. There are some doubters. We're going to cover all that here, but first... Let's talk about the sponsor of this this episode here. Sponsored, not sponsored by, um, well, let's just put it here. Let's put it on the screen here. Okay, and if you're listening to this, it doesn't matter. It, you don't really need to see it. Uh, I'll just read it to you. It is uh, on eBay. It is Power Queen Succubus Ring A++++ Very Rare Blast Hurry. You've got to hurry. It goes for $87.74 is your succubus ring. Your succubus A++ plus ring. Okay? Triple plus. What do you get with that ring? What do you get? Well, let's read. Let's not be narrow-minded and let's read this. Okay? Item description from the seller. Most power queen succubus silver ring or sorry, I'm, I can't read right now. Uh, most Power Queen Succubus Silver Ring A++++ Very, very blessed hurry. Um, it says, Greetings, dear friend, and welcome to... We are honored to present to you the metaphysical goods procured and created by the skilled members of our sacred circle. So you're, you are getting this from the sacred circle. Okay, that's how real this is. And this ring is composed of a hand-selected number of uh, uh, psychics, spirit keepers, sorceresses, and those who followed the old ways of traditional witchcraft. 
There's item lore. There's item lore for this. Royal Queen Demonic Succubus presented to you today is truly metaphysical vessel containing the unbridled essence of this rare, incredibly sensual queen succubus sex demon whose name will only be revealed to her keeper. So if you buy this ring for $87, you put it on and you don't get her name, she rejected you. That's that's harsh. That's harsh. I mean, that's that that's a form of rejection. At that point, at that point, you might as well just give up if a succubus is going to turn you down. She has the power to bestow many gifts and imbue energies upon her keeper, as well as take direct action in this world according to her keeper's will. She will do anything you want, even butt stuff. Her amazing abilities include, but are not limited to, sexual allure, sexual strength and vitality, sexual persuasion, mind reading. Hey, want to read minds? Get this ring. Hip Hypnosis. Body sculpting. I don't know. I guess you could sculpt your own body to however you want it to be. Uh, enhance youth. Enhance attractiveness. Draw money from others. So you could just take money from others. If you Using the power of this ring, of this succubus ring, you can just take money from others. It, it, it's, it's incredible, right? Imagine having that power. You can read their minds. You can sculpt your body. Uh, wealth, magnetism. So, like, money is just coming your way. Money and fortune is just coming your way. Lucid dreaming. <sighs> wow. Wow. There's so much. Oh, wow. There's more to this. I thought we were done. There's more. This amazing entity is a rare breed. We are incredibly honored to be able to assist her in finding her keeper on this plane. Her intense sexual energies can be felt practically vibrating within the vessel. It may be overwhelming to a sensitive keeper at first, though we can assure you that she grants her keeper complete loyalty and control in all things. She displays a dominant yet feminine personality. Wow. This is real, guys. For $87.74, you could buy it now. And the seller is 84.4% positive feedback. you got to trust it. You have to trust it. What does the ring look like? Well, if you're watching on the, the YouTube, uh, you could see here uh, this image is not very uh, convincing. Um, uh, how could I describe it? Well, it looks cheap. Okay. It looks like. It looks like a piece of plastic. It looks like a plastic toy ring that you would, that I think my daughter might actually have in her room. Uh, it looks like something that you can just like craft together with parts that maybe cost less than five bucks. And that's being generous. Ah. Uh, but that's $87, man. $87. I get that ring. Sponsored, not sponsored by, right? All right. <clears throat> How's it going, guys? Those watching right now, how you doing? Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Anders Echovid. How's it going? 
D. Harmillo. How's it going? So we're going to talk about a wolf girl. Two girls, actually, that were raised by a pack of wolves. Okay? Amala and Kamala. Not not Kamala Harris. K- Kamala. There were two feral girls from Bengal, India. Okay? Uh, who were alleged to have been raised by a wolf family. Okay? And this... I mean, this, this story, when it came out, it attracted a lot of mainstream attention and debate, okay? You may have heard of this story. There's been movies based on this. There's been um, various media based on this 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 event, this thing that happened here. Um, what's also interesting is that there's a lot of speculation and, and doubt about how this all went down. It was reported and promoted by only one source. That kind of makes things a little iffy, right? So the story of the wolf woman, or uh, sorry, uh, the girls, the the wolf girls, is promoted and uh, reported and promoted by one single person. A clergyman, a man of faith, a man of God, or whatever, you know, I don't know if it was a, you know, a Christian or anything, but he, he was, a, I guess you have to be to be a clergyman, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know his religious background really. Uh, actually, I think it was, I think it was actually, but it, they regarded him as a clergyman. Okay. And he claimed to have found these girls. And a story goes something like this. It's 1920. Sing, a clergyman, takes a a simple stroll through the jungle, his mind filled with godly things. When all of a sudden, he heard a strange noise. It sounded like a wolf, but yet different enough to not cause more confusion, or to actually cause more confusion than, than alarm. So he wasn't really alarmed by the sound. He was more confused by it. And the clergy man, he he waited for a bit. And then the curiosity began to fade, which then he he began to walk. That was so rudely interrupted. But then he heard it again. The sound, once again. It was a sound that merely mimicked that of a wolf. But there was something strange about it. Something off. When all of a sudden, not one, but two, two, Beasts jumped out from behind a bush. Panic gripped the clergyman. Okay. He couldn't believe what he saw before him. The creatures attacked like wolves, appeared to be like wolves, but they were mostly human, not just human, but little girls. Though he was mostly startled and ready to flee, seeing thought it would be weird to run away from little girls, little girls merely pretending to be wolves. I mean, all the guys at camp are going to laugh at him and call him all sorts of mean things, right? I mean, he's going to be he's going to be chased away by We're talking about little girls, man. We're talking about age like maybe 10, maybe uh 7 and 10, 8 and 10. Very small, very small. 
Maybe he'd be younger than that. So he didn't want to run. He didn't want to run. Okay? When the oldest one leapt at him, she did so with her mouth wide open like a wolf would, right? But seeing, he countered that. He countered that attack with a backhand slap, boom, like an alpha. And it sent the girl whimpering to the ground. The younger girl ran on all fours towards her kind. Singh took a notice at the whimpering and, and the concern that the one girl had for the other and thought it would be best to treat them like lost children and not like, like, like they're beasts. The clergyman tried to talk to them, but they refused to talk. The clergyman produced a piece of dried meat. The wolf girl, the wolf girls were then more willing to approach. Or something like that. Actually, that, that's all made up. But there is a real account of this, okay? All right. That's my version of what happened. Here's what actually happened, according to Singh. This is, this is true. This is true. I'll put it on the screen for those who are watching on the YouTube. Um, I'll put it here. That way you'll see it. All right. I have here, and you can access it yourself as well, Singh's diary, or where he claims to be, uh, where he, he, he notated that about the girls, discovering the girls, and documenting um, the attempts to kind of humanize them. To, to help them. Okay, so it is real. This is real. At least the account of it is. Okay, and it's detailed. All right. So according to the real story, uh, Singh goes on a missionary tour. So I guess he has a man of faith there. Um, he goes on a missionary tour through the thickest portions of uh, a jungle area of uh, Midnapore district. I've never been there. Not sure what it looks like. But in that area. Um, they're approaching a various territory and search for human uh, habitations. Uh, they heard things about a Manush Baga, uh, a, a man ghost. A Manush Bagha, I probably mispronounced that, but they call that the man ghost. Uh, They described it as as a man with his limbs and with the hideous head of a ghost. And Singh heard about this this tale and was very curious about it. On inquiry, uh, uh, he was told that this this man ghost could be seen only at dusk. Only at dusk. Okay, so he was like, all right. And it was near this village. It was like, okay, all right. So we're going to go search this out. We're going to search this out. And let's see what he found here. In fact, it's documented here. Let's see. The initial discovery. Oh, which one is it? There's a lot of entries into this, into this uh, diary here. Okay. We'll start right here in October. October 8, 9, 1920. Let me move this over here. I want to better see it. All right. 
We arrived at Gadamori on October 8th and stayed there Ochunarim. Early in the morning, on the 9th, we went out to see the Makan and examined the haunts for the so-called ghosts. Oh, I should say, they had the people build what they call a, a Makan, which is like a... Um, um, like a deer stand, but not it, if you're a hunter, I think you might know what this is. It's just a wooden building, uh, thing. It's like a tree house. It's a tree house essentially is what it is. All right. And they, built this there so that they could have a safe location where they could spot any sort of ghost thing coming out from this this uh, this din that they spotted. Okay? All right. So the din area was what they called a white ant mound as high as two as a two-story building uh, rising from the ground in the shape of a Hindu temple round about, and there were seven holes uh, afterwards found to be seven tunnels leading to the main hollow at the bottom of the mound. There was a bypath and so forth. Now, this is something that the villagers have passed by several times, um, but the interesting part in this is when the wolves start exiting leaving this this white ant mound sort of thing. All right. Let me get to that. I think it's uh, this one, October 9th, 1920. Yeah, I think it's that one. Okay. So the same Saturday, October 9th, 1920, evening, long before dusk, about 4.35 p.m., we stealthily boarded the Macan and anxiously waited there for an hour or so. All of a sudden, a grown-up wolf came out from one of the holes, which was very smooth on account of uh, their constant egress and ingress. The animal was followed by another one of the same size and kind. The second one was followed by a third, closely followed by two cubs, one after the other. The holes did not permit two together. Close after the cubs came the ghost, a hideous-looking being, hand, foot, and body like a human being, but the head was a big ball of something covered, uh, covering the shoulders and the upper portion of the bust, leaving only a sharp contour of face visible. So a lot of hair, a lot of matted hair. Okay? Just think about it. All tangled and nasty, unwashed. It has to be probably lice a lot of lice in that too is nasty their eyes were bright and piercing unlike human eyes i at once came to the conclusion that these were human beings the first ghost appeared on the ground up to its bust placing its elbows on the edge of the hole looked this side and that side and jumped out it looked all around the place from the mouth of the hole before it leapt out to follow the cubs. It was followed by another tiny ghost of the same kind behaving in the same manner, 
Both of them ran on all fours. On all fours. I mean, our, our natural uh, inclination is to get up and walk, right? Uh, babies, they learn how to get up and walk. Imagine becoming a, adapted to just walking on all fours. Imagine that. My friends at once leveled their guns to shoot at the ghosts. They would have killed them if they had not been dissuaded by me. I held their barrels and presented the field glass. Uh, Rose and Richards and, and two of them uh, assured that these ghosts were human children. Uh, seeing through the field glass, all present on the back end, agreed with me, except except one guy. Okay. So, they devise a plan. They devise a plan to capture these girls, okay? Now, the village did not want to do this. The villagers were afraid. Singh goes back to the village. Is like, okay, look, you you do have you do have a uh, a problem there. You have two ghosts. They're not really ghosts. They're probably just children. I don't know how. I don't know who left their children out there in the jungle to be raised by wolves. But that's what you have here. So we need to go get them. Okay. Well, like I said, the locals. They, went, they did not want to do that because they were afraid that it was going to cause a problem. It was going to curse their village or whatever. So Singh and his guys, they do it anyway. Uh, they do it their their way. They go out there with spade and shovel, and they just tear down. They just start tearing down that, um, that, that anthill thing, okay? And the wolves start coming out. The wolves start pouring out of it, running away. The smaller ones, they're, they're running away. Now, the, the mama wolf, she comes out. She's ready to fight. She comes out. She's ready to defend. But, um, I mean, they, they convince her to leave. <laughs> they get her. They chase her off. Uh, so, they take care of that. Oh, sorry. I'm reading here. They actually killed her. They, they had to kill the mama wolf. They had to. They had to. They had to. Of course, they did. I mean, the mama, the mama wolf was just going to be a protector. I mean, that's what she was trying to do. Okay. After the, I'll read it here. After the mother wolf was killed, it was an easy job. But the door was, when the door was cut out, the whole temple fell all around. Very fortunately, leaving the the central cave open to the sky without disturbing the hollow inside. The cave was a hollow in the shape of the bottom of a kettle. It was plain and smooth, as if cemented. The place was so neat that not even a piece of bone was visible anywhere, much less any evidence of their droppings or un- uncleanliness. Uh, let's see. And it says there, there had lived the wolf family, the two cubs and the two hideous beings were there in, in one corner, all four clutching together and a monkey ball. It was really a task to separate them from one another. So, what Singe does, him and his guys, they decide they use sheets. They use, uh, like, just big sheets. And they just round them up. And they pull them apart. Okay? His guys, the guys that help him, well, they take the wolves back. And they sell them for money, obviously, you know. 
Singh, however, takes the girls back with him, takes them to his orf- orphanage, and sees if he could try help and um, help him with her condition. Well, actually, there's a little bit more to it than that. Let's see. It gets. Let's see. He says, Singh has, says, I took care of the two human children, came back to uh, Chuna's house in God, uh, Godamori. I requested him to keep an eye on these kids. He does not keep an eye on these kids. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> he doesn't. And, and that becomes an issue, uh, which then he. But Singh finally returns back to Godamori and finds that the kids were once again. I want to say once again because somehow these kids were out in the jungle. I don't know who just let them go out there, but whatever. Uh, and they were raised by wolves. And after res- rescuing them and leaving them in the hands once again to, with the with the locals, they're left uh, to fend for themselves. They're like pretty uh, like they're even a wor- in a worse condition than they were when he first found them. So it's like okay. So he does eventually take him into his uh, orphanage. Uh, and let's read about that here. Let's see. November 24th, 1920. After a few days, when they became stronger and able to stand bathing, a Wednesday, 24th of November 1920, we cut off the matted balls of hair from their heads, and they looked very different. Their age was guessed by me. The elder about eight years and the younger about a year and a half. I got the ages way off there. I was thinking 10 and 8. No, it's more like 8 and not even a 2-year-old. How? How? Incredible, right? Raised by wolves. I mean, that a year and a half? We named the elder Kamala and the younger Amala. He goes on to say, reporting in his diary here. When I first saw them in the jungle, Kamala and Amala were very healthy and robust. But when I saw them on the 23rd of October inside the stockade, their health had deteriorated immensely due to their starvation. Before they recovered their former health, uh, before they recovered their former health, they were covered with a peculiar kind of sores all over the body. These sores ate up the big, extensive corns on the knees and on the palm of the hand near the wrist, which had uh, at times, which, okay, sorry. It's so small, this want My eyes are going bad, guys. Which had developed them walking on all fours. I mean, think about it. They're walking on all fours. They're getting all these calluses. and They'll be all nasty. All this stuff. The sores had a very fearful appearance. Went deep into the flesh. At times, they made them look like lepers. Besides attacking the knee and the palm, they extended to the foot, elbow, and ankle. It was a dreadful sight to see them. As though they were nothing but lepers after all. Alright, so they started treating it. Now you might be curious. Okay, like what did these what did these children eat? What well, talks about that too? On December fifth, they got cured of the sores by the fifth of December. The children improved in health quickly and became stronger day by day. I found them 
Uh, very fond of raw meat and raw milk. So just raw meat and raw milk. That's it. So I guess I guess these kids were sucking milk out from the 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 mama wolf's tit for survival. That that sounds sounds in, like unlikely, right? Sounds insane, right? Sounds crazy, right? Wow. This story. Man. On the 19th of December, 1920, we found them able to move about a little, crawling on feet and hands, but not on all fours like before. They could not stand erect, although we tried our utmost to make them do so. Gradually, as they got stronger, they commenced going on all fours and afterwards began to run on all fours. When their health improved, they would run very fast, just like squirrels, and it was it was really a business to overtake them. On the 21st of December, 1920, we found them very much attached to one of the fondlings, Benjamin by name. He had been picked up from among the dry leaves in the jungle on Wednesday. A children of five months or so admitted them to the orphanage on the 12th of January, the same year, under the name of Puta. Puta? Oh, that, that's a, okay. He had a mournful history. The child was about a year old. Uh, he was just learning uh, to, to walk by, crawling, and like infants before uh, commencing to walk. Uh, the wolf children and he used to associate together in the in the room and were very friendly and we thought this mixing up was very good it was a very good way to improve their mode of movement and so very helpful in the future of their progress and uh, articulation and habits all right so as an orphanage new kids come in you have this little baby that's in there this baby about what five months and it's just crawling around and you have the wolf girls that seem to like it, seem to enjoy its company. They're messing around with the two. It's like, okay, maybe this will be good. Maybe maybe this will help them with their development. This seems like it's doing just fine. Until it's not. Uh, December 31st, 1920. But unfortunately, all of a sudden, one day, on the 31st of December, Benjamin was bitten and roughly scratched. By the wolf children. Who who could have seen that one, right? Who could have who could have predicted that? You mean those feral kids? The ones raised by a pack of wolves just attacked the baby? Well. Hmm. There's images too. There's images. Here's an image, I guess. This is an Im image of a uh, of the girl just crawling on all fours. Okay? It's very interesting. It, it it goes on to describe various things about them, like freedom and, uh, I guess, 
their appearance. We could talk about this a little bit. Uh, for freedom, uh, he goes on to say, Singh says, They were never shut up or denied, but they were always placed under surveillance, having the orphanage children as their guards. After Benjamin and Rhoda were bitten and scratched, no children ever tried to approach them at close quarters. Although I noticed the younger children tried to please them in their own ways. I'm not sure what that means. Not sure what that means. Which showed their love and affection towards these strange creatures. They tried their utmost to allure them to play with them. But this they resented very much. It would frighten them by opening their jaws, showing their teeth, and at times making for them with a particular harsh noise. So it became most impossible for us to bring about any sort of social relationship between them and the children. Kamala and Amala never liked them. So they never liked any of the other kids. They didn't, they didn't play with them, of course. Let's see. A change of appearance, high jawbones. After cutting the hideous ball of hair, their appearance changed immensely. They looked human children again. But they had prominent differences in features from ordinary children. The formation of jawbones was raised and high. Before this, they were covered up by the ball of hair and could not be seen. Like the modification of the hand and feet. The jaws also had undergone some sort of change. And the chewing of bones and constant biting at the meat attached to bones. When they moved their jaws and chewing, the upper and lower jaws appeared to part and close visibly. Unlike human jaws. So very pronounced. Like, like, like you'd imagine... Like when you see a dog eat something, like like a savage. Teeth, ah, oh, their teeth must have been all jacked up. Let's see. The formation of the teeth was close set and uneven, with a very fine, sharp edges. The four teeth in line with the eyes. The canines were longer, more pointed than in common than is common in humans. Oh, well, yeah. The color of the mouth inside was blood red, not naturally found among men. Whoa. Pro probably cut it from eating all the bone. Sitting and standing, they could sit on the ground, squatting down, or in any other posture, but they could not stand up at all. Their knee joints and hip joints would not close up or open out. The joints had lost the ability to make flexible movements. Those joints were big, raised, and heavy, covered with hard corns outside from walking on all fours. Even counts the eyes. Their eyes were somewhat round and had a look as if heavy from sleep during day, but they were wide open at night. They had a blue glare to the eyes. Like that of a cat or a dog in the dark. At night, when you saw the glare, you could not see anything around about them. 
Just the two blue powerful lights. Not even the... But not even the possessor of the eyes. So they would... Hmm. I know what... I, I, I get what he's... I get what he's describing there. Have you ever seen, like, animal eyes at night? You've seen that, you know what he's you know what he's talking about. Let's see, there was a noticeable glare. What these girls? I was suddenly struck by this phenomenon on the twentieth of December, nineteen twenty. When they were just beginning to crawl. The emission of the glare was generally at night in the dark and not visible at all when the light was uh, brought in. But yeah, he talks about the cheeks, the chin, the contour of the face. Very detailed. Talks about their hearing. It's detailed for a clergyman who's uh, taking them in and trying to help these kids. Trying to help these kids. And there's photos of them. But is this all real? Is it actually real? Well... If you were to ask a certain French, a certain Frenchman, uh, he would say, "No, it is not real." Um, let's see. According to the French surgeon Sergi Arolis, Sergi Arolis probably butch, butchered that that last name there. We'll just call him Sergi, okay? Uh, is a French surgeon. He was looking into this case, this Amala and Kamala case. And he noticed a few things that was very interesting to him. Things that led him to go ahead and say and declare that it is just a bunch of crap. A scandalous swindle. Scandalous swindle, he said. The most scandalous swindle. Okay. He denounced that book. Rumor has it he might have, he might have pissed on it. I'm not sure. But a few things he brought up was that the original diary that Singh claimed to have written day after day during the life of the two wolf girls is false, he claims. It was written in India after 1935. So six years after Kamala's death. So the girls, do they do die. They die in, a, uh, in care, okay? And the pictures, though, the pictures that we that I put on the screen, the pictures in his diary, the pictures that we all saw, the claims that the pictures showing the two girls walking off fours, eating raw meat, with and others, were taken in 1937 after the deaths of both of them. So the girls we saw in those photos weren't even the girls; they're just some other girl uh, pretending to be a wolf. Walk around on all fours, and I. What? Why would Singe do that? Why would he do that? Well, 
Another thing that the Frenchman brings up is, according to the medical doctor in charge of the orphanage, Kamala had none of the uh, amor- uh, abnormalities invented by Singh and was very sharp, you know, such as sharp, long teeth and uh, walking on all fours and fixed joints. Um, there was another issue where I think there was a professor, yeah, Professor Robert Zing, uh, Zing expressed his belief that there was some financial value in this story and that the money could definitely help out the orphanage. So maybe Singh was motivated to help out, you know, to re- motivated by money, not from greed, but with the money he could do, he could, he could put into the orphanage. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's cost a lot of money to run that. Coming up with a story about these wolf kids would be quite interesting. It would be quite the the scandal. You think this was a con job? Are you going to say that this India, this man from India, just conned? (laughs) Are you going to say that? Other scholars uh, agree, though. Uh, scholars from France, well, other other French scholars, but also J- uh, Japanese scholars as well, uh, looking into this. I mean, in the stuff he brings up in his in his study, are things you can look for yourself, and I mean to double check. And it's not like the Frenchman isn't right. Uh, he is he's right in certain parts there, where the the date is kind of weird. You know, you you wrote this, Singh wrote the diary years after everything happened. So he wasn't actually writing it as it was happening, right? So I guess everything happened. I guess he remembered. He remembered it all. It was like, you know what? There was a story where I, I, I... Maybe that's what happened. Maybe Singh is actually an innocent man in all this, okay? He's a clergyman. He's a man of God. So maybe he recalled, like... Remember that time I brought in these wolf kids? Ah, that was a crazy time, right? That's right about that. That's right about that. I think people need to know. I'm going to go trace my thoughts and remember everything everything that happened. And keep in mind, though, that diary was written as if it was like a day-by-day thing. So, that was uh, quite interesting. And, and, And actually, you know what? Think think back to how the wolf girls were found. Think back to that. Okay, according to Singh's own uh, testimony here, his own his own book, his own diary, uh, he he claims that they found them in this wolf den, and the wolf den was like perfectly clean. There weren't any bones or anything there. Uh, no, no scraps, no droppings, nothing. Is, is does that sound right? Is that how a wolf den would look like in the inside? You know? Part of me wants to believe this because it seems like a lot to just document. I mean, he documents the smell of food and meat everywhere, even dead animal and bird. 
would bring them on the spot once. To, um, he also documents their mode of sleeping, uh, how they interact with cold and heat. The, the loincloth, they document the loincloth, why the loincloth was stitched on. Because those girls kept... The, if it wasn't for them stitching the loincloth on, uh, the girls would just... They would, they're completely feral. They would just walk around or crawl around naked. Okay. Um, and they're like, oh, that's unsightly. We've got to we, <laughs> wear this one cloth. Um, vision and darkness. Now, these accounts aren't very scientific. I mean, it, it's uh, more like they're just observed and, you know, he wrote about them. But, uh, yeah, you know, this is. It seems like a lot. So as I wrap this up, I guess I'll ask you guys. i ask you guys. Everything we've read so far, uh, read about this, does it seem like it could be fake? Could it be fake? Did the Reverend sing? Did the Reverend sing just fabricate this whole story so that his orphanage can make some money? One of the other points that the Frenchman bring, uh, brought up in his study was, uh, let's see, we, I think we did talk about the medical doctor. We did talk about that. Um, noticing some issues there. Let's see. Let's take a look at this one. Zing. The, uh, the the professor that um, told Zing. So Zing and Zing are two different things, two different people, okay? Robert Zing is the professor. Robert Zing expressed to Zing, the reverend, that, hey, you could probably make some money with the story, and I would split the money with you. He also took Zing, took Reverend Zing at his word to the authenticity of, uh, of, of his accounting of the girls. And he, he co-authored this book, The Wolf Children and Feral Man. Okay? Which, it, it, it drew a lot of criticism because the, the claims in the book, they weren't investigated by anybody. They weren't verified by anybody. Um, so it was pretty much just his own account. His own word. That's it. So, really, Reverend Singh could could write anything. I mean, so none of it was fact-checked. And like I said earlier, the, the medical doctor in charge of the orphanage um, noted that Kamala did not have any of those issues uh, that, that were invented by Singh. Like the sharp teeth. Oh, Walking on all fours, and fixed joints, things like that. <laughs> so, what do you think about that? Hmm? You think it's real? Think it's not real? 
Now, there are some other stories out there, right? There's a lot of stories of kids raised by wolves. So, uh, if we find one that's even more interesting, one that's like maybe has a, a more dark and twisted story to it, we'll definitely cover it. This was actually, as we're wrapping up here, and finally, um, this is actually a very tame episode. You think about it, all the episodes before this have been very dark and, and bizarre, right? <laughs> uh, this this is nice. This is nice. Anyway, with that said, you guys take it easy. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.